just such a star. Father, we, we thank you for Kate so much, Lord, and we pray uh, you'd refresh her and fill her with joy, Lord, as she speaks these precious words to us and open our hearts to receive them. Uh, and thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jerry. It feels very special to be speaking with my church family. So thank you. And I want to thank all of you for the welcome I've had. It, this is a special church. I don't know if you realize it. God's really at work here. And we do have a most wonderful vicar in Jerry and with Camilla. So I feel very blessed to be with this loving leadership here. Let's just pray together, shall we? Father, we know you're here already. You're ministering. You've got things you want to say to each one of us you see each of us in the crowd here nobody's missed out and we want to open our hearts and welcome your spirit to do a deep work in our lives this morning amen i'm going to read from luke chapter 7 it's an amazing passage that has really blessed me i hope it will bless you so if you want to follow it on your bibles or your phones as i said in the first um, service don't go to facebook um, it's Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Interesting. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he'd know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him about 50,000 pounds and the other 5,000. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them do you think is going to love him more? Simon replies, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little then jesus said to her your sins are forgiven the other guests began to say among themselves who is this who even forgives sins jesus said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace i a few years ago was going to speak somewhere with um, my husband trevor and between the two of us, I'm convinced it was his fault, um, 
one of us managed to click the wrong, one wrong digit in the sat-nav. And we discovered that that really makes a very big difference on where you end up. And I don't know if anybody else has ever messed up on their sat-nav. Raise a hand. I'm glad there are a few, few others of us around. At least we didn't end up like this lady here who was just on the way to Tesco's, apparently, and it all went a little wrong. Now, what is your life sat-nav spec? Have you got the correct destination in the sat-nav? Because, you know, anything you do in life, you've got to set your goals. If you're playing the game, you need to know what the aim of the game is. You know, if you're playing chess, you don't want to mix it up with rugby. You need to know what you're doing. And Jesus was asked this question. He was asked, what's the main thing in Matthew chapter 22? What's the most important thing? And maybe we could just have his answer up, up here. Let's read that out together. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's interesting, isn't it? When Jesus was asked what was the main thing, he didn't reply, actually, I'm really just working on my pension provision at the moment. <laughs> What's the address in your sat-nav? And you see, Jesus knows the pension provision and the mortgage and the kids' exams and all the other things that fill our minds. They do matter. But this is to be the main so our reading, which I love, really helps us work out actually how we can do this business of loving God first and loving our neighbours as ourselves. The scene is a supper party at Simon the Pharisee's house. And at that time, a proper Middle Eastern welcome was first of all to give a kiss to the person you met. And I, I don't know if you ever get that thing where you're going to give somebody a kiss and you don't quite know the rules. You know, are they a two-side two kisser or just a one-side kisser? Is it an air kiss or is it a proper smackeroonie? You know, you can get, and then you have that awful moment where you both meet in the middle and you're like, oh no, and you have to duck back. Now, I don't know what kind of kiss it was supposed to be, but the custom was that you gave a kiss to your guest and then you gave them some water for washing their feet because the roads were pretty horrible, lots of animals, I'll leave the rest to your imagination, open sandals, you needed some water for your feet. And then you would have some fragrant oil. And it, it was just a beautiful welcome. Simon did none of that for Jesus, nothing. And it's really shocking. I think it's hard for us to get our heads around. If, imagine, you know, I invite you round to my house and I don't take your coat and I don't offer you a seat, and I don't offer you a drink. It's really rude what Simon did. And we work out that the whole thing's a setup just to humiliate Jesus. He's invited him in. It's a Mediterranean evening. The doors are open. He's got in a big crowd, and he wants to show them all what he thinks of this upstart rabbi. But to Simon's dismay, an uninvited member of the crowd wrecks his plan. And she's described as having a sinful life. We don't know what that means. She was probably a prostitute, maybe a homewrecker, 
you know, the local village, she probably actually had done some bad things. She probably really hurt some people. She probably behaved really badly. She barges in, and we have this scene where Jesus is reclining on a sofa, kind of TV sofa sort of thing. And she comes up from behind him, and she's brought with her a jar of perfume. And again, I think it's easy for us to miss the significance of it, because I don't know how much you've ever spent on perfume for yourself or somebody else. I tend to be a bit of a cheapskate on this. But I looked online, and apparently you can get a Chanel little collection of perfumes for £8,000. So you can spend quite a lot on perfume. You can pop to John Lewis later, and there's a bottle of perfume going there for £515, if anybody's feeling so inclined. But, you know, then perfume was worth loads more than that. They reckon it was probably worth about a year's salary. So if you think about a year's salary and you imagine pouring a year's real salary into Jesus, it was her savings, possibly her life savings. She didn't invest in shares or a house then. This was one of the ways you keep your money because it was a really precious commodity. And so this is a sign of absolute adoration that this woman should pour this herself out on Jesus. Something had happened in her life that made her utterly adore Jesus. She pours out her perfume, her tears, and her heart. And I read this and I go, Lord, I just, I just want to have a much softer heart. I can see how quickly my heart gets hard. What about us? Do we love Jesus like that? Have we got the main thing? And maybe you can look at it and go, well, that was a bit easier for her to love Jesus. I mean, she had the physical Jesus in front of her, didn't she? It was a bit easier easier for her to kind of pour her love on him. But, you know, just look around. You have the body of Christ here. If you want to pour out love on Jesus, it's right here. Isn't that amazing? God's given us just the most beautiful way to love each other. And I'm really struck that she poured it out on his feet. And let's be honest, feet aren't the best, are they, (laughs) of anybody? You know, feet get a bit dirty, a bit skanky, not altogether pleasant. I don't want to put any of you off focus, but I was on one of these Christian camping holidays and I remember this moment where we heard one of the children go I've got worms in my crocs (laughs) I just 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 you know you just don't want to go there but it's not going to rain this focus it's going to be fine there won't be any mud or worms Um, but you know feet get dirty and they would have been dirty and yet there's this love being poured out on them and there's this calling on us to be those who pour our love not just out on the nice bits, but on those who might seem to be on the outside, the lonely, the unlovely, the apparently unlovely, the unimportant. I was looking at the kids' workers going out, thinking, you know, you're just doing, you're just pouring out love on the body of Christ, on a bit of the body of Christ that might look a bit unimportant, but this is so precious to God because they're not unimportant at all. How do we love like that?
how do we love like this woman? Well, why did she love like that? We're told elsewhere, and I love this, that Jesus was a friend of sinners. It wasn't actually an insult that was thrown at him. I suspect that this woman had ended up at some dodgy tax collector's dinner party, and she'd been sitting in the corner. And I, I remember Trevor and I were in Uganda, and we ended, uh, we were ministering there, and ended up in in a bar which was just full of prostitutes, and and a lot of folk who were in big trouble. And and it, you know, we really saw God work very powerfully. But I saw the look on these women's faces; they were just expecting this, this pile condemnation on them. And I think she probably was like that. And then Jesus looks at her and he loves her. And I don't know if you've seen Jesus do that with you, know you, know everything about you. But there he was and he still loves you. Something had just cracked her, hard heart, right open. And that's why she cracks open that perfume bottle. She was loved, so she loved I, I think this is the deep truth that we need to get hold of, that we love, as John said, because he first loved us. And if your love for him is cold, it's because you've lost sight of his great love for you. His great, maybe you've never seen this, but so much more than you know. Just, I'm going to just do something we did in the first service. I'm going to ask this side of the church to tell this side of the church he loves you first. And shall we be kind and say it back again? Isn't that amazing? He loved you first. That's why we love him, because he loved us first. She was loved, so she loved. She came intending to anoint his head with perfume. And commentators reckon she probably didn't initially intend to wash his feet. And then she saw how badly Simon had treated her beloved Jesus. And the tears just overflowed. And she suddenly realized, I can, I can wash his feet with my tears. I can dry them with my hair. And it's really shocking what she did. I think we, don't, we kind of don't get this. It was a divorceable offense for women to let down their hair. What she did is so shocking in that culture, shockingly intimate, that she's kissing his feet. Imagine a prostitute coming into church and doing this to, to Justin Roby. It's, it's really shocking, isn't it? We just can hardly believe that this woman would do it and that Jesus would let her. Jesus let this sinner come that close to him. And, you know, we think Jesus doesn't want us that near. And the cross is Jesus saying, I would want you close. And she comes up behind him. And I think she'd seen his love and she'd seen something that she didn't really know that she'd been forgiven. She, there's still some shame. We're told she came up behind him and then Jesus calls her round. He calls her to come close so that he can say to her face, your sins are forgiven you. And I think many of us are coming to church and we're sidling up behind Jesus and we don't know that he's calling us to come near. And this is the place where my broken heart is needed. This is the place at the feet of Jesus where all is made well. And it's a process that Jesus is calling us to come closer now, 
but we can pull out the deepest things in our hearts as well, our deepest sorrows, our deepest hurts, our deepest longings, and our greatest joys. Isn't it amazing that we're called that close? I think perhaps one of the biggest tragedies in this story is that Simon completely misses it. He misses the main thing. He misses the love of God to him that is to be poured out through him because we're always blessed to bless others. He completely misses who Jesus is and Jesus is right there in front of him and Jesus is right here in front of you today. Don't miss him. He's right here wanting to minister to you. Simon completely misses it. He looks at Jesus and he says to himself, if he were really a prophet, if he was really a prophet, he'd know who was touching him. But of course, Jesus actually is a prophet. And so he knows what Simon's thinking. And he turns around and he tells a parable, which I'm going to just paraphrase. Imagine John here owes me 5,000 pounds. John has no savings. And it, it's, you know, a bit worrying for him. But I let you off, John. How, how do you feel about that, John? You feel good. I'm glad. But imagine that Jerry owes me 50,000 pounds. And Jerry also has no savings. <laughs> and Jerry's a bit worried that I'm going to foreclose on this debt. He's a bit worried, Jerry. But then I decide to let him off. How are you feeling there, Jerry? Now, who of Jerry and John are going to love me more, do you think? <laughs> you know, Jesus says, that's why this woman poured herself out, because her great debt had been forgiven. But Simon misses it. Uh, a little while ago, I came up to my bedroom, and there was a damp towel sitting on my bed. Somebody had had a shower and they'd thrown their wet towel onto my side of the bed. And I really was quite grumpy about it. <laughs> and I just like, anybody do things like that in your house? And, um, and I was just getting ready to, ready to yell at the kids and then I realized it was me. <laughs> you see, the scary thing is that Simon doesn't see the forgiveness and offer in front of him because he doesn't see he needs it. He just doesn't see it. He missed the saviour because he was so busy judging, judging Jesus, judging the woman, and he missed the whole story of forgiveness. In his world, debts don't get cancelled. That's Simon's world. There is no grace. And as George Herbert said, he who cannot forgive breaks the bridge over which he himself must pass. Sobering stuff, this. By refusing grace, Simon cuts himself off from the grace he so desperately needs. So that's the main thing. And this has to be the main thing in our lives. We can be like the woman, live out hold on Jesus, knowing he's our final destination. My husband and Trevor got there much quicker than I'd hoped he would. 
but what a destination we're heading for. It's so wonderful. We can be like that woman or we can be like Simon and absolutely core to the main point is that we're those who receive forgiveness and give it. That's why it's core in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive. It's not like an optional extra. And I don't know if there's anyone here who heard that parable of the debtor and thought, yeah, I I know there are some people in my life I have to forgive. I'll be really honest that in this last year, I've had something that was one of my biggest wrestles ever to forgive. And I'm not going to go into the details because it wouldn't be very forgiving to the person. But it's, it's been a really hard thing. Forgiveness is hard. It's not easy because someone has to take the hit of releasing the debt. Someone has to take the cost of the debt. And in our parable, the money lender actually takes the cost. He doesn't get the money back again. There is a cost to forgiveness, but of course he points straight to God in the most wonderful way because Jesus is there with that woman knowing that he is heading to the cross in order to take the cost of her debt. And and that's why he can say your sins are forgiven. I'm headed to the cross to take the cost of your debt and my debt. So I hope that you have heard him say to you this morning, your sins are forgiven you. Because that's the place that we can begin to forgive other people from. And and I think it's just worth me saying really quickly here that forgiveness is some of the things that forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness isn't becoming a punch bag. Forgiveness isn't staying in abusive relationships. Forgiveness isn't saying, I trust you to someone who's broken trust. Trust may not be rebuilt. Forgiveness isn't saying that the hurt doesn't matter. And I, I talk some more about this in my book, but you know, I think it's, we can get really confused about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is about us releasing our hurt so that we aren't buried in bitterness. God wants us to forgive. He doesn't want our hearts taken captive by the pains and the hurts that have happened to us. And so when we forgive, what we're doing is we're releasing that judgment to God. Ultimately, that person will still have to face God, but we don't have to judge them. And we're trusting God in a deep way that he can make all things right for us, that ultimately he can comfort us and bring good to us and restoration to us in whatever painful circumstances we hit. And the first thing we do, if we don't dive into saying, glibly I forgive, we bring that hurt and pain to Jesus. And I think that's twice what this woman was doing. She was just pouring out her hurt before the Lord. And that's the starting point. And then as we move on, we choose to forgive. And the women are. I don't know if anybody else finds it's quite a hard choice to make sometimes and there's layers to it and you can't do it, at least I can't do it without God's help but as we become those who look not to what we are owed 
but for the debt that we have as believers. So that our eyes are on what Jesus has forgiven us. That's what releases our hearts to be those who are so deeply forgiven that we can love God and love our neighbours as ourselves, even those neighbours and those people who have profoundly hurt us. Because this is God's heart for us. He loves us so dearly that he wants us. I love that song that I'm free, a child of God, I'm free. If I think I am poor and guilty and far from God, it's really hard to forgive. I don't know if you find the same, but if I know I'm forgiven and deeply loved and ultimately he'll restore all that's been stolen, I can release the debt. And I found again and again, it's the most wonderful, glorious ministry of the Spirit, seeing God come and set people free who've been deeply hurt. Set people free who have committed some pretty bad things, some pretty tough things. And God is so full of mercy. And that same Saviour is here today. So, where are you in this series? Are you like Mary, needing to know that you are forgiven, needing to know that if you come close to Jesus, he'll make you holy. You don't have to stand back in shame. Simon the Pharisee thought that this woman would make him unholy, so he wouldn't let her anywhere near, but actually Jesus let her near because he knew his touch would make her holy, not the other way around. Where are you in this story? Are you like Mary? Just just listening to the voice of God saying, come now, I'm the place where your broken heart will be mended, where your hope will be set alight. I'm the source of all the love that you need. Or maybe you just recognize yourself in Simon today and you know that you've been judging other people, maybe judging, holding back. You know that there's some people that you need to forgive, some debts that you need to release that are real debts, they're real hurts and pains that God wants to comfort. I just want to invite you to just think, to ask the Lord, where am I? And I'm going to pray and just invite the Lord to minister to us. Can we just stand as we do that? I went for a walk yesterday by Teddington Lock and just saw the water flooding over and I felt like the Lord says with so much of his love where, where we feel that our love, that main thing, has grown cold, the Lord is here to replenish it. So Father God, take the work of your spirit to pour out your love into our hearts. I think there are some here feeling they're just distant from that love barely see, barely imagine that you would call them so near. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come. Come and pour out the love of God in this place. That we'd know that you first loved us. such a 
the energy of love here, but it overflows into our lives, into our families, into our workplaces, and into this church, that we be those who, who love those who, who don't look like us, Heidi, or Ruth, or Perfect, but who love like you love Jesus. Lord, you pour your love upon those who know that they're, they're hurt and a bit bitter and that, that this morning would be a morning we bring their hurt before you and choose, choose again and first minutes again and again as a team. We just begin that process, Lord, of deep forgiveness. a song in a bit but don't rush from this place of of being at the feet of Jesus he's here and I want to just encourage you that if you are somebody and you know that uh, your love is going cold and you really want it set alight then come and come and grab some prayer this morning and if you're somebody who you know that you're going to need help forgiving you're hurting really need help and you want to share that with somebody else sense that there is somebody here who's just felt that they 